Thanks for joining us for this edition of Forward Church Online. Today's podcast was recently recorded at one of our live worship experiences. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. So we're right in the middle of this series called Mary and Bright. Not Mary as in Jesus' mother, but Mary as in I wish I could get the church to be a little happy sometimes. You know, that kind of Mary. Everybody say Mary and Bright. And we're looking at this topic not because Christmas is my most favorite time of season. It's hard to get adjusted in the state of Florida when you walk out in the middle of December in in a tank top and, and some shorts to check your mail because you're sweating. You know what I'm saying? It's supposed to be like, I got to bundle up so I don't freeze. But you don't, you don't have that. But, but, but Christmas still is my most favorite holiday season. As we approach this, the holiday, I believe that God wants to give us back. Say, give me back. God wants to give us back a sense of astonishment. And we talked about that last week. And I'm going to kind of pick up where we left off and then keep on rolling for just a few minutes tonight. Uh, on be astonished. I was telling you last week that I feel like so many times, even through the gift giving, gift wrapping, and even the story of Jesus, I think it's, we, it's become so familiar to us that it just doesn't even phase us anymore. Like we go through, it's like we walk through Walmart with our buggy and we don't even see nobody. We don't really know why we're there other than I got a list, I got to check it off so I can go home and wrap it and my kids will be fine. Like there's no enjoyment whatsoever, going buggy to buggy. No, that's my gift. No, that's mine. I waited in line since 2 o'clock in the morning. That's mine. There's no enjoyment in that. So what God wants us to, what I believe that God wants us to be is to be astonished. I mean, it's the time of year that everybody's singing. You already got your, your radios locked in to the, to the Christmas, Christmas carols. Everybody's singing about Christmas. People are talking about Christmas. Pastors are preaching about Christmas. We're going to watch plays about Christmas. We're going to ride in a Christmas parade all about Christmas. And I just believe that it's possible to get so caught up in the activities that we are never true. We never truly experience Christmas. We never truly experience Christmas. Christmas should be a reminder to us that every day, not just Christmas, but every day, is a gift. I said that last week. God wants us to, to see every day, but surrounding Christmas, every day as a gift. God wants us to approach Christmas with a childlike astonishment. I had to rob this from our Christmas tree. I think it's mine, so what is happy early Christmas to be, right? Um, but, but remember when I said how we're supposed to, how we're supposed to attack attack our day and rip into our day like a kid rips into a Christmas present. Now, I, some of y'all, yeah, we talked about this last week. Y'all are just like, as we get older, and the kids, you know, they just like, diving in. but adults, we're just like, it's, it's, we go real slow. It's not that we can't afford paper for next year. It's that I don't know what's in here. Aunt Bessie done bought me this, and I got to put some kind of, how oh, that's so awesome, look on my face, right? But that's not what God wants us to do. God wants us to be like, He wants us to tear into every day, every day.
every day with astonishment. Y'all thought I, I fooled y'all. There ain't nothing in here. Y'all want to know what's in here? Ain't nothing in here. I just wrapped it a box of nothing. But God wants us. Y'all think y'all really think I was gonna do that and let Amy Weber find out? No. Like I was gonna like I was gonna believe that y'all wasn't gonna tell her. Please. I know y'all. I know y'all want to see a scrap go down. She'd win. She'd win. She'd win. I'm just kidding. She wouldn't. <laughs> Edit podcast right there. She would always win. It always win. But I believe that God wants us to rip into every day with astonishment. Like, God, what is it that you want from me? Stephen, as you're traveling and seeing the beautiful mountains in Colorado, is that where you were? God wants, as, as beautiful as that was, God wants us to attack every day, even though we get to see he's in Colorado looking at beautiful mountains, and we're still here looking at flat lands with, with big round bales of hay on it, and get astonished about it. God wants us to attack every day with excitement and astonishment. And I, I, believe, that, I believe that we have a hard time doing that because we have a lack of energy, we have a, a, a lack of strength strength to seize the day. I mean, somebody said, well, what, what do you mean? A portion, let's be honest, a portion of our strength, when we wake up, when that alarm goes off and you've hit snooze five times, that's Amy Weber. I'm like, I think tonight what I'm going to do is turn all those other extra ones, and they all got a different tone. It's real soft on the first one. And then by the time it gets, it's like loud. I'm going to go turn all those off. So all we hear is, because I'm good. I, I can hear it the first time it goes off. I don't even need my alarm set anymore. But I believe that what happens is when, we, when, we, when, that goes, when that goes off and we begin our day, there's a portion of our strength and energy that already is applied to yesterday. We're talking about being astonished and being, a, being amazed at this day. We can't do it because we're, we're too busy worried about what, we, what happened yesterday and the regrets from yesterday and the regrets from last week and all this. And then, everybody say, and then. And then we start freaking out about tomorrow. You hadn't even gotten your teeth brushed yet. You, you in the bathroom trying to put your contacts in. And you're worried about yesterday and then you're worried about tomorrow and you have no energy left for today. And, God, and that's what the enemy's trying to do to rob us and we saw that in James last week where tomorrow has enough problems of its own to which I say a freaking man. Tomorrow has all kinds of problems. I don't need to worry about them. I'll worry about it then. Matter of fact, I don't even worry about it then. I'm going to give it to God then. Y'all missed a good time to say amen. When, it, when a problem comes up, I'm going to give it to God. So at the start of a new day, we don't have the strength and energy to receive the day as a gift because we still freaking out about yesterday and oh my gosh, I ripped that paper up and now I can't reuse it and I, and I cussed my boss out and I wonder if I'm going to have a job tomorrow. I know that's none of y'all because we in church and everybody's, you know, we pray for our bosses, amen. <laughs> no, he's saying rip into your day and seize the day. I, I was thinking about this and thinking about the holiday and I, I was going back through some Facebook pictures and, and I told y'all last week how every year we always post a picture, like y'all do, of our tree. Even though the surrounding changes, the houses have changed, because literally we've been married for f- almost 15 years, and I think we counted one time that we've moved like 11 times. This is where we've stayed the longest. We've been here for four years. The, changes, the, 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 cha- the scenery has changed, but the, 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 the decorations are all the same. And I, rem- I look back, and I, and I remember, I do remember this. I have since deleted it effective today but I remember 
posting a picture, and we were in Georgia uh, or somewhere living, and, um, and I remember I, I put decorating our Christmas tree, couldn't love this time of year more. And some crazy person responded and put a comment on it that I didn't see till the next day. I saw it when I woke up, and, and they said, and I quote, after I said, decorating our Christmas tree, couldn't love this time more. Like, I'm excited. And they say, I couldn't love it less. Trees are nothing more than a money magnet. And Jesus wasn't even born in December. It's nothing more than a commercial holiday. I was like, dang, somebody needs to get my man a candy cane. <laughs> I mean, he's an angry little elf. And so I went on this page, and I, I looked, and then it hit me, because, and I saw he quoted, or he put, such a depressing time of year for so many, including myself. And then I saw it wasn't about theology, it wasn't about the trees, it wasn't about when Jesus was really born. It was about something in his life, tragic, has happened, and it's not a, it's not a fun time for him. So here's my question tonight. Is today a gift because it's a perfect day? I believe everybody in the room could say negative. Oh, hold on now. Y'all preaching a different sermon. I'm trying to help y'all. Y'all be like, it's a perfect day. No. Today is a gift not because it's perfect. Because you will not find a perfect day. Is, Is the Christmas season a gift because it's a perfect season? We talked about this at the close of... Last Wednesday night, I couldn't even contain it. I couldn't even hold it in. Christmas, the Christmas season is a gift, but not because it was a perfect season. The obvious answer is no. It's important for us to remember going into the Christmas season that life is a lot messier than Lifetime original movies in Hallmark during the holidays. Life is a lot messier than how they paint that picture. The truth for some of you here tonight is that life is really messy. If you were at the marriage conference last weekend and you heard Amy and I share our story separate before we ever got married and then the mess that happened when we got married and after we were married, you would understand that life is messy. And maybe you're, maybe you're going into this Christmas season in 2016 and, and, and you're full of a lot of pain, you're full of a lot of regret, you're full of a lot of guilt, maybe some bad choices from years back and you're still reaping the harvest from the seed you sown. Okay? And, 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 you're, and you hear me say, approach every day as a gift, and you're like, dude, I, I can't, th- me approaching tomorrow like it's a gift and get excited, <laughs> that's just not happening. Anybody feel that way? Like sometimes I'm like, okay, when it gets here, I'll just see what happens. No, I believe you need to be intentional about how you're going to face tomorrow regardless of what tomorrow brings. How I many know that'll preach? you got to make up in your mind, no matter what comes at me, I'm going to be intentional, and I'm going to be whatever. God, I'm, I'm going to rip tomorrow apart. Whatever you want, I'm going to go into tomorrow being astonished at whatever you want me to do and whatever you have for me to do. If, maybe you said, I don't even feel sentimental about Christmas. You're in luck. The single most unsentimental version of the Christmas story is actually the biblical Christmas story. If you brought your Bibles, let's go to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2, we're going to read verses 1 through 5, and then 7 through 12. 
And I'm going to go there as you're turning because most of y'all don't bring your Bibles anyway. You know we're going to put it on the screen. So here we go. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who was born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem. How many knows that when Jesus, when, when, when there's something going on about Jesus, it, there's a stirring in the city. That's why when anytime we try to do something in the city that, that puts the attention on Jesus, there's a stirring in the city. If I had time, I'd go back to our very first experience uh, for, the, for the Easter experience and the drama and, 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 and the political junk and, and how we made it on the front page of the newspaper and all that stuff when all we was trying to do was give away free candy to love on kids the way that Jesus would. But anyway, that's another story. I won't go there. See, that just got my blood pressure. Just uh, Anyway, when any time you put the focus on Jesus, things are going to be at an upheaval. So verse 4, when he had called together all the, peop- the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. Verse 7, then Herod called the Magi secretly and found, how many knows that when the enemy going to do something, he's going to do it in secret? Hey, can you believe what Pastor Bradley was saying? Can you believe? Can, what, what are they thinking? Anytime the enemy tries to come in and try to get in your ear, it's always going to be in secret. So if you got people trying to be in your ear, and you know what you're hearing doesn't line up with this, and what you're hearing doesn't, isn't, isn't the lifestyle that Jesus, and isn't, that ain't of Jesus. <laughs> I'll let you draw your own conclusions. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out, found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search of the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. See, that's when I know that you guys connect in worship is because I can see the overjoy or the astonishment that's happening. And what I know is it's not because, oh, you like how we sing or, oh, I like how you hit that note. No, no, no. You are seen and connected with Jesus in that moment. That's, the, that's why we do what we do. So, so, so why it kind of is like, what's wrong with people? We want to see you connect with Jesus because what I have to say can't change your circumstances but the one who can change them is the one that we're talking about amen hallelujah boy y'all sound like a choir y'all said that all together amen when they saw the star they were overjoyed verse 11 on coming to the house they saw the child with his mother mary and they bowed down and worshiped him then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold of incense and myrrh and having been warned in a dream, not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Some of y'all need to stop hanging out with the people you hang out with, and you need to find a new route to live your life. So the reason we read that story that we've all known and we've all watched plays, is the reason we did it is because I believe that it has no effect on us anymore. 
But what's important that I think we need to understand is we must understand the culture in which Jesus was born. We must, must, must understand the environment that, was, that he was born into. Listen, when Jesus was born, I said this last week, all was not calm and all was not bright. And that baby didn't sleep in heavenly peace because there was a price on his head. All was not calm. So, so, so when we, see, so when that's the picture that the church paints, all is calm, all is bright. You got people who are fighting devils and, 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 and fighting with family members. And they're like, I can't get that because I got all kinds of jacked up stuff going on. What you need to understand is Jesus understood messiness. I said this last week. Jesus came in a mess, in a stable, surrounded by all kinds of smell of good stuff. He came in a mess to come to your mess, and then he ended in a mess. But today, he is not dead. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, praying and interceding for you and for me, that we would just come to a place where we go, you know what, my life is a mess, but I know that because you sent your son in a mess, he knows exactly where I'm at. And God knows exactly where you are tonight. It's important that we understand this. Today is a gift. Christmas is a gift. But it's not a gift because it was trouble-free. Again, it's beautiful to have the children come and sing and all those things. But it's, it, we need to understand it was chaotic. This teenage boy has got his girlfriend who he did not impregnate. The Holy Spirit did. She's getting ready to give birth. Y'all, some of y'all remember what that was like? Standing in, in Walmart or wherever and water breaks and you're like... Oh my gosh, not here, not in my car. And you're trying to get somewhere. And then for somebody to say, you get to the hospital where everything was supposed to be planned out for you to go. And they say, we ain't got no beds. But there's a dumpster out back behind Shans. I'm trying to paint a picture. There's a dumpster out back. You can have your kid there. See, what you need to understand is all was not calm and all was not bright. Jesus understands how life gets messy. Christmas is a reminder that Jesus is not afraid of our mess. He's not afraid of the mess in your life, and he's not afraid of the mess that I've made or the mess that I may make tomorrow because I have flesh, and sometimes it rises up and it stinks. He's not running from my mess. Christmas is God's promise that broken things can be made beautiful again. Listen, as we approach Christmas, we need to be reminded that the good news of Christmas is not just for people whose lives are going great. Okay. Yes, there are people, there are people that you work with who may not be, may not have a mess right now. And that's cool. That's okay. But what we need to understand is Christmas wasn't just for people whose lives were good and okay. Jesus came into a broken world full of broken people and he's not running from our mess. This is what, this is the slogan we're going to put on the, on our float. It says, let the story of Jesus unwrap the magic of Christmas. That's what's going to be on our float. Let the story of Jesus unwrap the magic of Christmas. I want to leave you with two, two, two simple thoughts. Am I going too fast? I'm trying to work this clock because I know we got some work to do, but I want to deposit something in you that's going to change you. Okay? Two things I want to leave you with. This Christmas, write this down. This Christmas, I must be honest with where I am. Be honest with where you are at. Be honest with where you are at. Have you ever noticed we spend an unbelievable amount of of time in our life covering up how we're really feeling? We do. 
and we probably lie more in church than we do outside the church. What do you, what do you mean? Hey, how's it going? Have you had a good week? Yeah, man, it's been great. <laughs> you a lie? <laughs> no. Be honest with where you're at. I mean, it's crazy. When you think about the time that we spend trying to convince other people that we have it all together, when we clearly do not have it all together. I was, I, I mean, some, some people have a real gift at covering it up. I mean, like, you know, you can always tell when somebody not being truthful with, with their response. But there are other people like you would have never known. So I was thinking about this, um, and I remember this clip. Don't, don't hit it yet, A.G., but this clip, you probably remember it. It went viral last year about how, we, how we're in life and we're doing things and, and then mess up happens and we try to cover it up. It's when you go to the gym and you're on the treadmill and you're doing that thing and all of a sudden, of course, it would be a single guy because married guys don't do this. And, you're, and, you're seeing, and, and, and a chick walks by and then you, 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 know, you know the rest of the story. Check this video out. I know you all have seen it before. Check it out. Cover up. All about recovery, baby. Watch it again. Slow-mo. Boom. Hey. Yeah, one, two, and one more time in case you missed it. Boom. Y'all know it's true because that's you and that's me. That may not be a treadmill and it may not be a chick. It could be that somebody, you, you, everything's going wrong in your life and, and, you, and you notice that somebody's noticing that you just had a, a blunder and you try, to, you try to make up for it. We spent, and I've always said it's all about recovery. You know, it's, it, maybe you started on the wrong foot, but maybe it is about recovery. But there is a point where you just need to be honest with yourself. If you can't be honest with yourself, you'll never be honest with God. Like, we're trying to convince ourselves that everything's okay. Now, I know that the faith thing, speak those things that are not as though they were. That's a different story. But I'm talking about when you just, when you just dumb, like, that didn't happen. No, it did happen. Who are you going to call out to to help you get through this mess? I, I, told, I told, when Amy and I went through some trials in our marriage, I told the, I told the, the, the guys the other night, we didn't, even, we didn't go to counseling. Things turned around in our marriage. I know that's crazy because a lot of people have to, and I'm not saying not to. But for us, it just we knew what the problem was. I was the problem, and she was also saying she was the problem. When we, when we identified that we were the problem and we surrendered our wills and said, okay, God, you take control, everything worked out. I mean, when we look back at it now, it was a horrible time of our marriage. But when I, we look back and we're like, we didn't even go to counseling. Like, how did that turn around? Because when you take your hands off and let God do what he wants to do in your life, he will do it. And you'll, you'll look back and go, what just, ha- what just happened? Now, does that mean that everything's always lovely? No. But we live by the, same, by the same method that we did in that moment, and that is our lives are surrendered to Jesus Christ. My favorite phrase, and you've heard me say it, I even said it tonight, it's okay to not be okay. When we create an environment in here that when people walk in, they understand it's okay to not be okay. It's okay. Yeah, but you keep asking us to come forward and, and worship. I don't feel like worshiping. That's when you need to worship. I don't feel like being in his presence. That's when you need to be in his presence. I don't even feel like going to church. Don't you don't believe that lie. You need to come to church. 
Listen, sometimes, sometimes I'm okay, and sometimes I'm not okay. Sometimes I'm hurting. Sometimes I'm lonely. Sometimes I'm confused. Sometimes I'm depressed. Sometimes I doubt. All the things that the Bible says we don't need to do, I doubt. Maybe you're, maybe you're going into Christmas and, and things are just not okay. Maybe it's crazy family members. Jesus gets that. <laughs> Jesus was perfect, but his family wasn't perfect. I, but I feel lonely. Listen, Jesus knows all about loneliness. At the greatest crisis of his life, his friends, the disciples, deserted him. Oh, I'll never deny you, Jesus, but they did. I, that's, why, that's why when we moved down here, I, told, I tell you all the time, God, I, I can't do this. I know how ministry, I can't do this. Bradley, love people regardless of what they, how they respond to you. Love people like I love people and don't worry about nothing. Else. Don't, even, don't be tripping out. So that's how he, Jesus knew all about it. And even on the cross, what did he say? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He even thought that his father fors- had forsaken him. So you're lonely? Jesus gets that. But, but check this out. When we feel like he's absent, he's not absent. Listen, I want to encourage you just to be honest with you where you are tonight. And, and you, may, you, you may not be in a mess right now, but for those that are, listen, if you're brokenhearted, be honest. Psalms 34, 18. Psalms 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. If I was to go around the room and say, have you been crushed? Has a dream been crushed? Has a relationship been crushed? Have you ever been crushed about anything? Maybe you, didn't, maybe you don't see your life. Maybe, maybe your life isn't where now where you thought it would be. Crushed. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And maybe you're saying, hey, I'm okay. Then let me encourage you. You all know somebody who's going through a mess, whose, whose life is crushed, whose marriage is crushed, whose things are just... Let me encourage you, send this verse to him, Psalms 34. Just as an encouragement, say, hey, I know you're going through a rough time. I ain't trying to tell you to preach to nobody. Just, hey, I know you're going through a hard time. And we read this verse at church, and man, it hit me. It's done so much for me, I want to bless you with it. Jesus and the Christmas story is good news for the brokenhearted. Listen, part of the miracle of Jesus becoming human means that God was close to us in the flesh. God became flesh. So the whole story about baby Jesus lying in a manger, swaddling clothes, all that stuff, is good news for us because it reminds us he understands what it was like to be flesh, to have flesh, to to be attacked in the flesh. But we have to be honest. In closing, and Angela Grace, you can bring the, bring the music. Number two, be hungry for hope. Be hungry for hope. We've all been in a place where we've said, God, where are you? You ever said that? Dude, this, this hit me today. When I walk in and I'm believing for this place to be full, Oh, you want numbers. No, I want to see more people know Jesus. I want to see more people impacted by Jesus. When I walk in, God, where are you? There's no first-timers today. God, where are you? You move my family down here. Sometimes I, 
is lonely. God, where are you? It's just my story. I could go on and on and on and on and just paint you a picture of just, just my life right, right in this moment. God, where are you? God, what are you doing? God, do you even know what I'm, do you even know what I'm going through? You got the whole world in your hand. He's got the whole world in his hands and ain't got time for me. Probably don't even know what I'm going through. God, where are you? God, do you even care? Listen, leading up to the birth of Jesus, God's people had experienced 400 years of silence. Now we look back and we can see that God, was, God wasn't absent. He was silent, but He wasn't absent. In fact, He was preparing for one of the greatest miracles to ever hit planet Earth. Baby Jesus. What I'm learning is this. God's silence is not His absence. Write that down. God's silence in my life, in your life, is not His absence. We hear messages all the time. How to hear from God. How to position ourselves to hear from God. Ain't nobody preaching messages about how to prepare us for His silence. How many knows we'd, we'd do a lot better off if we heard messages on what to do when God ain't telling you what the next move is. That song dad likes to sing all the time in the middle of his message is trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. You want to be happy in Jesus? Trust and obey. Insanity was going on in Georgia for Bradley and Amy. Not in our marriage. Marriage had went crazy years prior to. I know people were trying to draw the line. Oh, y'all, you moved to Florida because you was running. No, I wasn't running from nothing. Running to the call. We needed to be in a place where we were happy. So I had to trust God, but I had to obey. You can say I trust Him, but you're not trusting Him until you put that into action. Trust isn't this stage is going to hold me. Trust is I step out into an area where I don't feel a foundation and I know that He will sustain me. That's trust. That goes in every area of my life. Listen, if you feel like God is silent, I want to encourage you. God is most powerfully present even when he seems to be apparently absent. God is most powerfully present when it seems that he is apparently absent. Psalms 139, let me leave you with this. 7 through 12. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, then the light and the light becomes night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. I've heard that all the time, but it hit me today. Sometimes we find ourselves in the most darkest moments of our life, and there's like, there's no way God can even see me because I'm in a dark pit. 
But the Bible says that even it's darkness to you is not darkness to him because he's light. And when you ask God to show up in your situation, guess what? He c- comes with him. Light. So if, if you find yourself in a dark situation or a di- dark time in your life, ask God to come and help. Because if not, you're just going to be sitting in the dark. What you need is the light, and his name is Jesus Christ. What, what's he saying is this. There is nowhere that I can go that he is not there. God, are you there? Where are you? My friend back in Georgia talking about Christmas is bleh. Lonely. But what he needed to hear was wherever you are in that moment of your life, God is right there. You may not hear him, but he's there. Don't doubt in the dark. You've heard this before. Don't doubt in the dark what God has shared with you in the light. We, we, we can hear God speak and we know it's his voice when everything's lovely. Oh yes, I love, I love God. He just talked to me and he showed me what was supposed to happen. And then we get into a dark moment and, and tragedy strikes and we forget everything that he said. Move to Chiefland. Trust me for all your needs. Trust me. Oh, you're giving up a lot. But trust me. Okay, I trust you. Trust you. We're going to do this. We're going to win this city for Jesus. We're going to flip it upside down. That's probably one of the first messages I preach. We're going to flip this city upside down for Jesus. Things, things start looking like they were flipped. But not in the way that I saw. God, where are you? I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but I, I believe I'm talking to somebody's spirit tonight. Somebody, somebody is feeling all alone. Somebody is feeling like, I know God has great things for me, but I can't seem to find my way. Well, where you are is caught in the dark. No, but I'm not. I, I, I read my word, but sometimes the devil will convince you that you're sitting in the dark. God's not there. He's absent. No, he's just silent. So what do we got to do this Christmas? Be honest with where we are. Just be honest. Just be honest. Face every day as a gift. Remember what Christmas is all about. Remember the gift. And then be hungry for hope. Approach Christmas this year with a childlike astonishment. And face every day like it's a gift. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you that it has power to change our circumstances, power to change where we are when we use your word and apply it. God, I thank you that this Christmas season, we'll we'll be honest first with ourselves. If things aren't okay, and that's okay. Things are crazy on the home front. Maybe the holidays are going to look a little different this year than they did last year. That's okay. The only person you need to be worried about being at at the show up at the occasion is Jesus. Don't worry about everybody else. God, give us the power to face every day with awe and astonishment. God, may this be the best Christmas for us as a community of believers because we're going to see it differently in a new, fresh way. Thank you, God, as we prepare 
to tie ribbons around these bears. God, I ask as every hand touches them tonight, God, that there will be something that would come off of us, your anointing, your love, your compassion. If anything could fill a bear other than stuffing, God, I ask that you would fill these bears tonight. Well, is he really just did he just did he just touch a bear and pray for a bear? No, I want that bear to be an extension of God's love. And protect these youngins as they ride these bikes. Don't take the training wheels off until they're ready. In Jesus' name. <laughs> In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.